just when you thought it was safe to go onto iTunes. This is Next Level Guy. The only website that makes self-development as fun as going to the movies. It's time to take the red pill and escape the Matrix. Today's guest is Ben Ebro, who's a co-founder of Sorted Food, everyone's best mate in food, and a global community of food lovers who are helping each other cook and eat smarter every day. Whether you're a total beginner or a well-seasoned foodie, everything you find in Sorted starts with you, so get involved and watch your cooking ability skyrocket. Ben is a professionally trained chef with a first-class honours degree in culinary arts management and has over 12 years' experience in a multitude of kitchen environments. On Sorted, Ben is one of the two chefs who leads the fun, educating, showcasing the joys of food, and leaves you more knowledgeable, inspired, and your mouth watering due to the stunning dishes that frequent the kitchen. In this interview, we discuss his story, cooking, how you can fall in love with food, the skill hacks that he thinks you should know, the food stock items that are a must-have in your pantries, how to start making meals that will wow your friends, how he feels he's evolved as a chef and as a friend by starting Sorted, and how you can get sorted and fall in love with food and take your cooking ability to the next level. I'm a massive fan of Sorted. Ben was one of my dream guests that wanted on the show, so it was an honour to have him on, and I really hope you enjoy this interview and enjoy the tidbits, cheats and hacks that he's given, which will make you an even better chef and help you take your cooking skills to the next level. But Ben has also sorted you out with a free gift, which is exclusive to all NLG listeners. If you wanted to trial the amazing Sorted.club apps, which we discussed in the interview, all you need to do is go over to Sorted, full stop, club, forward slash taster, so that's sorted.club forward slash taster, and you'll find that that page will be preloaded with a month free when you sign up. There's no pressure, there's no subscription, you can cancel anytime you want, but for hopefully for just £1.25, which is the cost of half a coffee a week, NLG listeners will find value in the weekly podcast, the digital access to the 6 plus exclusive cookbooks, the eat app, and probably of most value to everyone, the weekly recipe packs via the app. You should take up this offer now while it's available, as you can probably have guessed, I already have, so I'll see you over there. Now let's get to the interview, and I know you'll love this one. Thank you so much for doing this. You have no idea how much of a fan of sorted food I am. But for people who maybe don't recognize your name and the sorted brand, could you just give a quick overview? You know, if you had to give them the sort of a cliche, quick opener in a lift. Yeah, the elevator pitch, no problem. Um, yeah, so I'm Ben Ebro. I'm one of the uh, co-founders of Sorted Food. So there's four of us who started it, um, although you might see five of us on screen now. Primarily, it's a, uh, a YouTube channel that tries to entertain, inspire, and accidentally educate people around sort of scratch cooking and, and food in general. Um, and more recently, we've launched a Sorted Club, which dives into essentially being your best friend in food. Awesome. Can't say any better than that. So can you give me a little bit upbringing about Little Ben, you know, because you mentioned in other interviews about how you used to help your parents collect vegetables that you grew and how they're, you know, they were the inspiration for you to cook because they kind of cooked from scratch. But do you think that was the, would you have gone down the road to become a chef if you hadn't had that involvement? Were you always quite into food on top of that? Yeah, I mean, I was always very lucky, I think, in the sense that I, I grew up in a household where 
scratch cooking and, and, and everything was made um, fresh. And uh, you're absolutely right. My, my dad used to have an allotment, um, well, not an allotment, but a, a little plot of land at the bottom of the garden that he used to grow things in. Um, it was always very seasonal. There was only ever sort of stuff in it for a couple of months of the year. And it was always the summer, there'd be tomatoes and courgettes and um, runner beans and, and all sorts of stuff like that. And I, I remember just loving food um, from a very young age. Neither mum or dad were ever trained or in hospitality or anything they just understood what good family comforting food was um so I think I always had that in me it wasn't until I was um 16 and I was looking for a, a weekend job um and I, I literally stumbled into a kitchen that was not really the plan I, I looked at garden centers I looked at supermarkets I looked at anywhere that would give me a Saturday job um, and I ended up in a kitchen and I think I kind of that, that mixture of loving food, knowing what good food was at home, um, and then uh, seeing the buzz of a kitchen. I think those two things kind of combined. And it's quite amazing how that happens, where you kind of just fall into something and it ends up becoming a passion that you didn't even know you had, or that something you want to explore. But why do you think Sorted, I mean, it's been gone for over 10 years now, why, why do you think it's still got appeal and why it draws such a large audience? You know, what, what do you think it is that sets it apart from other cooking shows? I think, um, I think if I was flying solo with my love of food and cooking, it probably would have had its time or, or would never have got anywhere close to what it is now. Because I think the beauty of Sorted is, is it's the group of us. Um, we've known each other. So, so Barry, Mike, Jamie and myself, we've known each other since we started secondary school in the UK. So about 20, 21 years now something crazy like that um, and I think it's the friendship that sits at the core of everything um, we do yes food is like a catalyst to conversation and everything we do centers around food and cooking in some way or other but I think the real beauty is the friendship and as long as that stays genuine which it always has been and always will be I think it kind of stays relevant because everyone watching can can relate to um, one or other of us, or, or the, the dynamic in the group, and if, if if you don't relate to one of us, you know a friend who kind of is that person and plays that kind of role in your friendship group. And I think I think it's the friendship that is the glue, really, that's that's kept us together. Yeah, it's, it's definitely one of the. It's brilliant to watch, and it's like the end jokes, and the, you see the, the the friendships and the you know the squabbles, like the family infights, and um, you know James is just typical, very Scottish like me. It's like you know hate everything, but you know you do the best. You kind of come across as the sort of mother of the group, making sure everybody gets everything. Barry's the little brother. <laughs> Jamie's probably the. I think he's probably the dad of the group, and Mike's that kind of. I don't know how to describe Mike's the kind of that friend, that cousin that you just is balmy and just full of the life, and it works so well, you know. And with the food, you can't not watch a show and learn 50, 60 different things. And I think, you know, you said it was um, accidentally educational. You know, you've got a way of explaining concepts and sort of deep parts of cooking and, you know, sort of advanced te um, terminology that a lot of other shows kind of lose their viewers watching and you make it fun and interesting by all the little jokes that they you have back and forth um but can you go into a little bit you know because you've said that the um audience is 60 to 40 percent male at the moment why do you think is attracting more males now is it you know because when we do home economics like learn to cook in that school 
a lot of kids, may, uh, boys especially, will drop it. Is it? Do we get to a point now where we go to university and then panic because we got cook for ourselves? Is that why Sorted and Jamie Oliver etc. Are, are getting really more males because we now need to fend for ourselves? Yeah, I think you you pretty much hit the, the nail on the head. Is it very kind of you to say that you can you can stop that kind of the friendship there? I think that's what's super genuine, and maybe that's why um, our sort of community who watch and engage does slightly male as well. As I think we always aspire, that, you know, the, the sorted story started around a pub table um, over a pint, and that's that's how we came up with the idea of sorted. You know, over ten years ago, as you said, but we always aspire to make sure that everyone's watching feels like they can pull up a chair at that pub table and join us. And I think because we're all guys, maybe, maybe that is why it skews slightly male, but you're absolutely right. Perhaps there is a time, um, certainly back when we were at school, I I studied food technology um, at A-level and I was, um, there were not many in the class at all. And and I was the only guy who did A-level food. Um, So, it definitely skews back at school. Um, and yet when we fly the nest and go to university, graduate, become young professionals, even now as fellow peers starting young families, everyone still has to eat and everyone still has to cook. So I think, yeah, maybe there is a bit more reliance on um, the need to not just do food now and get by, but actually enjoy it. And I think I think that's where it's food's become cool again. And uh, hopefully that's what we can we can share on, on screen for, for, for guys and girls, but yeah, it does skew a little bit male. No, I mean, it's definitely something that Sorted has done has made food cool again. It's made it kind of, you've made it easy to understand, but you've also made it accessible for people. People are kind of looking at it and going, seeing things that they would never have tried. And you're kind of making it easy to understand. Like things like MasterChef are phenomenal to watch, but you get to a point where you're watching for the, the drama you're watching for the chef that mucks up we're not always understanding what they're talking about or the the type of food they're making but with sorted you kind of make it fun but you always come away and go yeah i could make that or i understand what that is now or you know it's the concept about what taste and aroma how it plays into what you have in your tongue and you know the super geek song and things like that you can't help but come away knowing more about food and having that interest in food but for guys who are listening who want to get better and they go to their local shops they go to their markets all these sort of things and they get you know paralysis by analysis how do we even start to get better food is it getting herbs is it getting buying 50 60 different packs and kits and things like that what advice would you give to somebody wanting to start expanding their cooking repertoire? Um, well, there's, I mean, there's lots of ways of doing it, and it is slightly different for everyone. But I think one of the biggest barriers is almost a fear of getting it wrong and a fear of perhaps not being taught or not having the, the skills and the understanding. And it's, it's the fear of the unknown. Um, and, and what I would say is if you can find a way just to jump in the deep end and give it a go, generally speaking you get great results and if they're not great results then they're good enough results you can still nine times 99 times out of 100 eat it and you might learn how not to do it next time or how to tweak it so I think it's kind of just committing to giving it a go I think you're absolutely right with things like MasterChef um very much entertainment-led uh tv formatting and, and I love the show too but it's it's so much more about um the watching so much so you know 
obviously as a show like that they don't ever publish any recipes so you're not expected to be able to follow along you literally just watch it and enjoy it whereas we hope to you know we always try and test all the recipes that we publish um that are you know recipes whether it's in the cookbook or in the new packs app and we we are always looking at ways of simplifying it and ways of cutting out unnecessary waffle and language and making it uh, basically foolproof um and and that's what we like to think that if you can access those kind of simple foolproof recipes that just use a few tips and tricks and hacks and um not being ashamed to throw flavor at it you know a dollop of this or a dollop of that and that's where you can get big flavors in really simple ways and i think that's a lot of the thinking that we've put into our um recent packs app which is trying to simplify midweek meals because nobody has time you know even even chefs once we've had busy days we still want quick simple food to throw together um so that's kind of the same philosophy so i jump straight in and just find the simple, easy recipes that you can follow and give it a go because you'd be surprised at some of the results I think you'll get. Oh, I love that because I think that's the problem, isn't it, is a lot of people just go, hmm, no, I, that would cost me too much money or I buy all this stuff and I never use it and I waste it. And, you know, it's like you're saying, it's just be a bit inventive, you know, try, be a bit adventurous is probably the better way of putting it. But you did an awesome video with um, where you cook the same dish as Mike and you let him cook it his way and then you came behind and showed how a chef would do it, how you would prep it, how you would sort of think ahead by looking at the recipe to see ways you could cut time and make things more efficient and you know your, your more effective preparation and things like that. What kind of cooking hacks and tips does a chef have you know, that could really help people who are coming home from long days or, you know, going to like, when I do jujitsu, so I'm home at 10 o'clock at night. What kind of prep hacks, cooking hacks and stuff like that have you kind of found that speed things up? Yeah, I think part of the, anyone who's seen the show knows that a little bit tongue in cheek, but we split the five of us you see on screen between chefs and normals. And that is very simply done because as chefs, we are funny and peculiar people and we do think in slightly unusual ways um, and it, it's not normal. Um, but I think it's the ways that we think and it's often about a lot of sort of time management. And uh, again, this is where my, my inner geek comes out, but I love a Gantt chart, you know, which tasks can overlap, um, which means you can get it done in a shorter amount of time or like a game of chess can you be thinking four moves ahead if i'm gonna need to poach an egg at the end it might be one of the first things you need to do is put a pan of water on to come up to the boil those kind of things the same with pasta the same with rice i think as a as a chef you tend to be thinking a few moves ahead and multitasking um so i i would say in terms of um when you're coming home from from a, a busy day then it's just taking just a second, just a moment, just to think about the entire recipe rather than jumping straight in and just doing the first thing and trying to think ahead. What are the time barriers you might come up against and can you start them a bit earlier? Um, and, and, and again, that's the thinking we've put into the audio guides for our Pax app is to think a bit like a chef. Because the other thing you'll notice is when any of um, the guys on screen cook, Jamie, Barry, Mike, they are so focused on the cooking that they're not necessarily thinking about the carnage and the mess that they're creating around them. And again, that's kind of normal because you're concentrating on the one thing that doesn't come a second nature, which is the cooking part. Uh, so part of the, the, the thing we've built into the audio guide is 
hey, so you've just put your pasta in while that bubbles away for a few minutes. Now's a good time to clear up your chopping board and knife and, and grater and, and get a sieve ready. Because it's those thinking ahead bits that makes food and cooking more effortless um, rather than one task at a time and then getting to one and thinking, oh, if I'd have already chopped that, it could have gone in now, but now I'm going to have to take the pan off the heat because it's burning and I haven't yet done this bit. So it's it's very much just time management. Because that's the bits I love about your show is that when you watch like the chefy chef battles, you really see how you can pack such quality prep and cooking into such a small amount of time by juggling 50, 60 different things, but you can see the, you know, the step-by-step planning that you have does that just come from like what your time in the service industry where you were cooking at such large volumes or i mean is this something you can develop yourself do you think yeah i mean both james and i although it's been many years since we've worked in a professional kitchen now um we've both trained in uh in the service industry and and personally speaking um really busy sort of high volume restaurants i've also done hotel work which span from fine dining to catering for a wedding for 300 people and and all of those kind of skills you learn how to a get ahead um the, the chef term being mise en place which literally means get things in place um and by doing that you you stay one ahead one step ahead and you stay in control i think the can you do that at home i would say absolutely not to necessarily the point where you create more work and more washing up and dirty more items I think in the in the restaurant trade, um, if you go into a restaurant, there might be 10 things on a menu and any one of those things you order can be prepared in 20 minutes, say. And that's because a lot of the hard work and the hard prep has been done in the whole rest of the day by the kitchen team be- long before evening service. And that might be chopping things up and getting them ready. It might be parboiling. It might be stewing down meat really long and slow. So all you're doing is, is just doing the finishing touches. You can do some of that at home as well, especially if you're entertaining. There's a lot of dishes that you can get most of the work done ahead of time so that when your mates come over, you're not having to stress about it. It just kind of unfolds in real time and can be pretty simple, but not to the extent of prepping everything and putting it into lots of little bowls and and getting too far ahead, which means that at the end of it, you've got 12 little bowls to wash up. So it's about juggling what's realistic um, as well as sort of, yeah, getting everything in place. Mise en place is everything. Well, it's something I definitely need to work on. I mean, one thing that I love to do because I train a lot is to sort of meal prep. And for people who, you know, like just now who are looking for ideas for making dinners, which are also going to be, some will be for lunch. What advice would you give to people for like making, you know, for bulk buying to make soups and curries and dishes? What kind of things would you recommend people to make to have for like, you know, to stick in the fridge, to to microwave in their their office that are good sort of nutrition, but they're not going to wilt after a couple of days or they're not going to go bad? You know, do you have favorite soups and meal? Is it, I mean, are you thinking of making a, maybe a series on it? Yeah, I mean, just just hearing you talk, it sounds like you're you're a real foodie yourself, and it's um you've pretty much hit the nail on the head there, like things that can reheat without deteriorating. So there's some dishes that are absolutely best eaten the moment they're made, from fresh pasta dishes to something like a, a risotto or a paella or a jambalaya, things where you want to cook the rice or the pasta or you've got some fresh spinach in there that you just want to wilt. 
those things don't repeat very well. So if you're looking at bulk cooking, you want to avoid things like that. But on the counter of that, you've got things that take long, slow cooks, um, especially if they've got lots of spices that are all amalgamated together over the time. They actually get better by being left in the fridge for a day or two. So your chili con carnies, tagines, curries, um, stews and casseroles, those kind of things are really good to cook in bulk. And then either individually portion up, and, and I do this a lot, I, I, I get some stick for it because I think probably my, uh, my freeze is a little bit um, over the top. But I've got lots of individual portions of things that I've created that I absolutely love. They're favourite dishes of mine, and I've got individual portions in the freezer. And that means that I can come home after a busy day, and most of my fresh stuff in my fridge is just vegetables. Um, vegetables have a pretty long shelf life. And what I can do is while I'm uh, defrosting it in the fridge during the day and then either microwaving it or transferring it and reheating it in the oven, sometimes in a pan on the stove, all you need to do is cook up a, a few bits of veg and might serve it with uh, some, some flatbread or some rice or some couscous or, or whatever. And you've got a meal that's good to go. But that doesn't have to be solo. I could also pull out you know, three different curries I've made across the last three months, a portion of each. And you've got a feast that you can share between three people if you've got a couple of mates coming over. And, and suddenly you, you can rock out three curries, a rice and a, and a couple of naan breads. And it, it's an absolute feast, but you've done all the work ages ago. And if anything, the storing of those curries has made them even better than when you first made them because all those spices have, have sort of blended together. I love that. I mean, I was just thinking of all the f- times I would bulk buy stuff for like it when, you know, a local Tesco sh- food shopping and I wouldn't know what to do and it would end up going to waste. But I'm slowly finding meals that I can sort of pack and prep. And that's why I love sorted. It's, you know, you come up with ideas for things and I go, oh, my, I could actually make that. I think it's seeing the normals do it as well and going, yes. That is something we can do. It's not just a chefy dish. You know, I'm not going to just make a pale imitation. I can actually do what they're making. And you've given me such, like, kind of interest in food and understanding and just even kind of going the ability to understand that that is something a normal person can do. I, I don't want that to yeah. offend every chef, but, I mean, do you think that's the appeal of it, that it, you know, it is the normals that's showing like what is possible with food it doesn't matter you don't need to have a qualification in it you can get to that level absolutely i think one of the things that drives us continually on the um, the channel and across all the social media and um, sort of uh, platforms that we use is the response from people actually cooking the recipes so our own resident normals aside barry jamie and uh, mike it's amazing to see people sending in photos um, or just commenting about some of the recipes that they've given a go. And, and the beauty of YouTube is, you know, you name a recipe, I'm pretty sure in the last 10 years we've done it or a version of it somewhere. And the beautiful thing is YouTube's a wonderful archive, which means they're all still there. So we have sometimes people sending us photos of recipes that, you know, I personally haven't cooked for five or six years because we're always coming up with the next new thing. And it's so rewarding to see foodies all over the world cooking up these dishes and it is the pride and the passion they share with those photos you know i just i had to cook for the in-laws this weekend and i cooked your version of x y or z and here it is they loved it thank you very much and those 
kind of parts are really, really cool because these aren't chefs. These are just people dotted all around the world applying their own twists and turns to these recipes that make them their own as well. But it's it's kind of this this movement of people who are all out there to prove that cooking isn't that hard and you don't have to be a chef with years of qualifications and have to do fancy stuff to eat well and enjoy food with friends. And I think that's the the, the privilege we've found ourselves in with Sorted is this kind of community who bubble along and all encourage each other uh, and they spur us on to create the next new dish and next new recipe because there's so many more ideas out there. And you've certainly built this amazing community. You know, it's one of the few places in YouTube which has a bit of a dark side at times that you never see negative. You always see people pushing each other, helping each other, recommending places to visit. You know, you've seemed to have like a worldwide fan base and you, you guys should be super proud of what you've done because you've made me interested in food again. And I didn't think that was possible. I thought I'd be the guy eating super noodles, watching MasterChef, you know, feeling like a fraud. And you've made me believe that I can actually cook like a grown-up. And I think that's the beauty of Sorted. It's, it doesn't matter your starting point. It's where you can go with food. You know, it's you said um, that food was like uh, food and music were these kind of global like languages that everybody can understand and love and I think, you know, it's like learning a new language or learning the ability to understand a language like in The Matrix by watching Sorted. You kind of think, ah, I can get into this and I can understand the joy of it and the, the feeling you get with it and sharing it with others. But So for guys wanting to start improving themselves, you know, you've got a great series on, you know, do you need an expensive chopping board? Do you need expensive knives? You know, cheap versus expensive what are the must-have gadgets in a kitchen? You know, I mean, is there a set list that you think every guy should own? Um, Yeah, and I think we've tried to trim it back because, you know, we do a lot of the stuff and depending on what kind of food you love, depending on where you are in the world, there's certain things that might be more useful to you. But on the whole, I would say, you know, a good chopping board um, a good knife, so a chef's knife, and then maybe a smaller knife to do any of the smaller fiddly work, a peeler, um, a couple of saucepans, a frying pan, and a sieve. And pretty much you can cook, and maybe a baking tray or, or two, you can pretty much cook hundreds and hundreds of dishes. And, and, and that's been the motivation. And we actually, as chefs, um, I speak for sort of James and I, we actually quite like the challenge of having some sort of restriction when you come up with the brief for new recipes i think if someone said to us hey can you write a barbecue recipe that that it's so broad that we're almost we can't come up with something because there's almost too many options it can go but if someone says to you can you come up with a pork dish for a barbecue that is inspired by a certain cuisine then by narrowing it down you actually can be more creative within that brief um, and, and doing this recent sort of packs app and, and development where three recipes are smartly designed to fit together so that you buy a bunch of fresh stuff at the start of the week. Um, and by the time you get to the end of the week and the third recipe, you've used it all up. So you haven't still got half of this in the fridge and half of that. They're cleverly composed so that it makes sense and there's less food waste and you're saving money. But part of the restriction was we kind of want all these dishes to be cooked in half an hour because that's realistic of a midweek meal. We kind of want all of these dishes to be cooked with the basic equipment. So we're avoiding, 
you know, big food processors or blenders or liquidizers or anything like that. It's just trying to cut back to basics. And you'd be surprised at just how many inspiring and awesome dishes you can come up with with the most basic equipment. So I think to your point, you shouldn't be sort of worried about, oh, if I'm going to start cooking well, I've got to go and spend hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds buying dozens and dozens of um, things for my kitchen. You can get by with the basics and do some great stuff with that. I love that answer. It's because that's the that's a scary thing for a lot of people is what's the entry point? You know, do I have to go and buy like I'm I'm off to do a sport, I have to pay hundreds of pounds for the pads and the kit and that, but that's before I've even played one sort of minute of it. But with cooking, it's great that you can just pick up small items like you're suggesting. And in like your great videos, you, you do mention about you don't need the most expensive. But if you are going to shop, a, you pay a wee bit extra, or as you develop, you can spend a bit more here, save a bit of money here. And those are the videos that I find that really are really helpful. Um, do you know who Tim Ferriss is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in his awesome um, Four Hours Chef book, he talks about like learning to use a chef's knife by, I think it's he was watching television and he was cutting various things using the knife. So he said that like to develop the skills of the knife, because that's what puts off a lot of people, is how long they, they do to take cut veggies and stuff like that for soups and all these kind of things. He does it well that they're you know, away from that stress point so that you can actually develop the skill without going, oh, God, I need to do this in two minutes because things are ready to boil or whatever. What other hacks like that have you found to learn the skills? Is it just having a bit of fun and messing around when you're not cooking dinner? Or are there things we can be practicing away from cooking that would help our cooking, if that makes sense? I think um, I think I mentioned time management before, and that I think that applies to every part of our lives um, it, and is super helpful in being organized in the kitchen. But I would, I would also say there's a number of very simple core skills and you don't have to learn them all on day one and you don't have to learn them all on, you know, when you've got people around for dinner and you're pressured to do it now, but you can take one or two to, to pick up. And once you've got those core skills, then you can take them 101 different ways. So an example would be something like um, a roux sauce. So um, flour and butter in equal measure, maybe a tablespoon of each, uh, put together into a paste, and then you slowly add in um, milk. Uh, and it's seasoned and often with bay and things. And there's a very classical way of doing it. But ultimately, once you've got that basic skill and you've done it a couple of times, that you can do it lump-free um, without the, the stress and the pressure, then you can create so many things with that. Yes, you can turn it into a cheese sauce, but you could also take out the milk and add in a chicken stock and suddenly you've got like a, a velouté, which sounds really fancy and chefy, but it's basically just the same thing with one ingredient changing. Um, and then you can you can spice it. You can you can finish it with so many different um, herbs or, or, or use it to bind. You can use it to put on top of a pizza base instead of a tomato um, sauce. There's so many applications for that same simple three ingredient thing, butter, flour, and then milk. And then you only have to change one or two things each time. And you've got so many things you can do. So I would say it's about going back to pretty much the way that chefs are trained. Core French technique, like a roux, um, but then working out how you can adapt it to fit the kind of cuisine and the food style that you love. 
Because once you can make a roux and you can add cheese to it and you can boil pasta, then everyone can make an absolutely incredible mac and cheese. And it's comfort food that everyone wants. I love that. I love the way that you can look at something where a lot of people would see an empty fridge. You see potential, you know, three or four different meals. And I think that's the thing is we kind of look and go, oh, I know a simple meal. We don't experiment. It's it's scary to us to try that. And I could just hear Jamie and Barry's voice when you said Velute there. You know, I could. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those kind of cliche ones that's going to stick in my head now. But it, what what would you say to people then? Like, what are sort of must haves to have in their sort of pantry, their fridge, their freezer? Do you have like an idea of like a stock cupboard that people should have? Because when I mean, I've tried buying spices and I'm then sitting looking at them going, yeah, they're out of date now. What what should we have in? I mean, is it worth buying spices and th- throwing a bit into like a pork dish to see what happens? You know, some chili flakes over here and stuff like that. Because a lot of times people try to eat healthy and they think, oh, chicken and rice, what else can I do with it? But, you know, herbs can really transform a dish. But what what should we be doing with this? What should we have in? to take a dish from good to wow uh yeah so part of our sort of thinking recently is to apply what we've called the staples cupboard so slightly hypocritical having just said you don't have to go out and buy a whole bunch of equipment to get started in the kitchen and what i would say is go and fill up um your cupboard with a dozen or so great ingredients that can be used across so many things and you don't have to get them all on day one but but build up this collection over time and it tends to be things like um curry powder because it's already got a blend of so many spices that somebody has already put in the perfect ratio so why not use that use somebody else's expertise they've done that for you so use it um maybe get um some some dried herbs something like oregano goes a long way um smoked paprika um that that kind of smokiness just adds, adds a depth to quick cooks that you would typically associate with longer, slower chili con carnies or, or barbecue style food. Um, so those kind of spices are really good. But one of the key things I would say about sort of elevating food and giving it some real life is thinking about seasoning food. Um, and I was, I actually, even as a chef, I didn't realize what seasoning or where the term seasoning came from. Um, but it's a, a very, 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 very old word. And it was basically about adding stuff to food to make it as good as the season in which it is at its peak. So, for example, tomatoes in tomato season, you don't have to do anything to them. They're just delicious. Whereas the rest of the year, when they might be below par, then you used to have to season them, add something to it to make it as good as when they're in season. Oh, I don't know that. And no, honestly, until a couple of weeks ago, nor did I. It was it was quite a revelation because we've always talked about seasoning. But I think one of the things that people forget when you season, it's not just about throwing salt at things or even just salt and pepper. It's, it's a balance and we call it the seasoning triangle. And a triangle obviously has three points and you need to try and get them in balance. And one of those points is salt. Um, but another one of them is sugar. And a third one is acid. And by acid, I mean like vinegar or citrus or something like that. So in your store cupboard, you should absolutely have a vinegar, um, like a, a white wine vinegar or a cider vinegar. Um, and maybe in the door of your fridge, always keep a lemon and a lime because a squeeze of lemon and lime 
or a splash of vinegar along with uh, a pinch of salt and along with sometimes a pinch of sugar if it's not a naturally sweet um, thing. Those three things in balance can make even the simplest of food absolutely delicious. Uh, but you need those three in balance. So in that staples cupboard, make sure you've got uh, a handy vinegar and and or uh, lemon and lime in, in, in the fridge. I know what I'm getting the next time I go shopping. It's, I think I made the mistake of, like a, probably like a lot of guys do, is going and buying in bulk and I'll buy a bit of this, bit of that, without a plan for it. And I think that's what I really like about your video and your contents is there is that explanation of, you know, use this and you can see how you can use it in a variety of dishes you know like every time i go into one of your videos i go oh there's a staple there's something that they're constantly using so i go and get that rather than buying the 50 or 60 things i buy that one or two things that i'm going to use regularly and it's made me kind of understand by watching your sort of scientific breakdowns of things why they work how they work and being a bit more adventurous i'm nowhere near <laughs> anywhere close to even the normals but it's got me excited about food again. And I think that's what a lot of guys struggle with. But something we, there's a big push just now with all these sort of diet fads and stuff is knowing where our food comes from. So a lot of people are moving away from, you know, the pre-packaged stuff, but they're scared to really use butchers again. Um, even though they're amazing places, they're scared to use like the markets with all the different veg and options that are available there. And some of your great videos are, people going, you know, you and James going out and spending £20 to make a, a like a proper meal. How can we use butchers? How can we use farmer's markets, like food markets, these sort of things, that are the best way effective? You know, how can we work out how what to cook, how to get inspiration? How do you use them as a chef? Um, uh, I, I think it's a very simple answer but it's not necessarily simple to put into practice and the simple answer is ask um just like i said with the curry powder somebody else with a lot more expertise than than us has made the perfect blend of those spices so use that and i think it's the same with with butchers with with fishmongers with um uh, you know a greengrocer or whoever you've got access to in your local area um, they have a huge amount of passion for what they do they have an incredible amount of expertise um, and knowledge in the one thing they do. They do it better than everyone else. So don't be afraid to ask. Now, that's all well and good. But when it comes to practice, I think as a generation, we're not very good at asking. And possibly, you know, the stereotype, blokes especially, you know, we hate to ask for even directions. <laughs> um, and, and I think in, in the generation we're in, we'll always go to tech to find an answer. And there's even apps now so you could get your food delivered by tapping a few buttons without even having to pick up the phone and speak to someone. And I think it's that disconnect. Um, and almost we're almost ashamed that we don't know enough about food and that we have to ask because food is the most basic thing and we eat it, you know, three times a day. So we almost feel like we should know. But the reality is, uh, certainly I'm speaking from the UK's point of view, there's been a couple of generations where we weren't necessarily taught um, cooking and nutrition at school, albeit there might have been some food technology. Um, and therefore we have this kind of knowledge gap, but I don't think it's a, it's, it's not a problem to ask and to walk into the butchers and say, Hey, I've got 10 quid to spend on um, some great meat to, this week. What would you recommend? And that butcher will tell you, 
do you want you know one amazing thing for your ten pounds, or do you want to try and get you know three or four meals out of your ten pounds? And what's the bread? And then they will find something that's seasonal and good value. And oh well, I'll tell you what, I've got these in at the moment. Why don't you try this? And you might go, oh, I don't really know what it is. And that person will be able to tell you, well, if you do X, Y, and Z with it, you'll be fine. And I think it's almost getting to know those local butchers. That said, you know, we all often are short for time and, and we do resort an awful lot to online delivery and things like that, which means you're not asking the questions and therefore you're Googling an answer. Um, and I guess that's to some extent where Sorted comes in because YouTube is you know, the second largest search engine. So hopefully, if you have got a question, there'll be an answer online. But don't be afraid to ask, even if it is online. Um, but even better, if you can ask somebody who's got that expertise and knowledge uh, in your local community. Well, now would seem a great time to take a quick break there and tell you about my affiliate schemes and how they can help you get better and better in your own life. There are millions of potential products to buy. And how do you know which ones are worth your hard-earned money and which ones just plain sack? It's simple. You go to www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates and explore the products and services I recommend that will transform, improve and involve your life. I have set up some awesome deals with some amazing companies. I would recommend these products, books you should read and tools I think you should buy. I only recommend products that I've tried or believe in and all recommendations and reviews are 100% honest. Furthermore, on this page, you will find any suitable special offers, listener-exclusive deals, and discount codes that I am sent. There really is something for everyone here. It doesn't matter if you're buying for yourself, a special occasion, or someone else in your life. You can find whatever you need here. There's a wide range of companies to showcase on the page. Companies that will make you a better athlete, a better lover, a better man, or better than all areas of your life. You can find the page by going to www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates, or if you're on the website itself, click on the affiliates deal in the blue ribbon at the top of the website homepage, or click on the affiliates graphic that you find in the show notes on each of the podcast posts. Please note that I do not receive any money on you or what you buy. The company sent me a small thank you commission for sending you to shop with them via my links. This does not inflate the price you pay and usually allows me to help showcase cheaper options than if you bought independently from the company itself. Because usually you'll find affiliates are allowed into special deals, lower prices and so much more. All your information is safe and secure with the company and nothing is shared with me, so have at it and enjoy yourselves. If you use any of my links, I would just like to say a massive thank you as I tend to use the money to make this podcast bigger and better. And I really appreciate your trust in my recommendations and being a fan of the show. Now, let's get back to the interview, and I hope you're enjoying it. It's like my mum used to say, if, you know, if you've got the question, 10,000 other people have had it already, and Google it. And I think that's the, the beauty of Sorted. It's like an encyclopedia of questions, and then you expand on things we didn't even know that we were interested in. Um, I mean, you definitely have like an amazing level of content showcasing skills, you know, pretentious ingredients, you look at like other amazing gadgets and things like that. But something that I absolutely love from the show is the friendships. But what has spending 10 years working with your friends, building up this, you know, you've got your own like offices now, you've got your own, like, was it 15 or 16 people you currently have on the stuff? Yeah, so it's an amazing team that surround, um the the carnage that you see on the screen it's um the team behind the screen that um that make actually the, the content as, as great as it is well you mean you all do a fantastic job and it's you know you all have your roles and you built up this amazing community and it's so inspiring but 
what has that taught you about friendships? You know, you've said that there's you've never fallen out to a point where you can't resolve it over a pint. What is working with your friends and seeing them evolve and getting married and having kids and things like that? You know, what what's this taught you about friendship, about working with friends, resolving issues? You know, has it deepened your friendship? Have you ever gotten to the point of thinking, no, nah, that's it, I, I need to go do something else? Or has it kind of made you understand each other on a deeper level? I think for sure, I think we've been able to, I mean, we can pretty much finish each other's sentences now. We know what each other are thinking. We know that if someone walks into the studio one day, before they even open their mouth, you know kind of what mood they're in. And, and people go up and down through mood in different um, times in their life when, when things are super um, busy with family or moving house or whatever. So you've always got those ups and downs. And I think the beauty of Dorted, and if you watch some of the very early content right the way up to the stuff that we've released this week, it's it has matured because we have. And I think what we've always done is make sure that we're super transparent and honest and just us. There's no acting. When the, when the cameras roll, we don't act. We're just having um, more fun, sometimes maybe 10% more exaggerated. But uh, it's it's ultimately, it's, it is us. And where we started, it was very much student food and budget food. And, you know, we did cake in a mug, which was, you know, how to whip up a um, a chocolate cake in a mug with just a teaspoon and a coffee mug and a microwave in about five minutes. And that we've kind of moved on from that right the way up to the adventures of baking wedding cakes now for, for Barry's wedding. We've been on that journey together. So we can basically judge exactly how each other are at any one time. And we're there to kind of support that. But it's all down to communication. Um, and you're absolutely right with the analogy of nothing, you know, can't be solved without a, a chat over a beer but um before it even gets to that you can see exactly where um where any sort of uh, cracks are beginning to form and there's no shame again there's no shame in asking hey guys i'm super busy at the moment i'm running a bit behind on this can you give me a hand not a problem um and what started out as a bit of uh, a fun project on the side in a self-published cookbook um sort of about 12 years ago it is now a business and a, and a machine that creates content with a team that's absolutely amazing. And to keep that going um, is a bit of a juggling act at times, but you've got to keep it fun. You've got to, you've got to remember that the days that we pick up the cameras and actually record the stuff and shoot the stuff are the best days ever. And we are so lucky that we have the best jobs on the planet. Um, we get to hang out with our friends every day and eat great food and, and from time to time travel as well. So it's all good. It's amazing. We just have to keep talking, keeping the communication channels open so that we can help each other through any of the difficult spots, which evidently and, and ultimately will occasionally crop up. Because I don't, I mean, I'm, there's obviously a lot of ribbing and there's a lot of, you know, you can see the kind of jokes and the end jokes and stuff like that. But I mean, the fact that you made an amazing wedding cake for Barry's wedding. You know, that video is phenomenal. And the fact that you actually explained things as it was going through and you didn't look like you were stressed. And, you know, to have that level of friendship is amazing. To have somebody that would just do that for somebody, you know, like, because, I mean, you should have been super proud of that. That was, it was such an amazing video to watch and to see how made up everybody was for it. Um but why why do you think the the normals have transformed because 
even Barry is amazing. Like nowadays, you know, he was always like the butt of the jokes at the start, always changing the brief to his own kind of thing. But now, when you watch some of from the earlier stuff to what he does now, he's like world class compared to most people just starting out. So, how do you think these the normals, as you as you refer to them? You know, what do you put down to their skill development to getting better? Is it the fact that they're challenging each other and having a laugh and just enjoying it? Or, you know, like, is it the, the, the going out and exploring and finding out more about food? What would you put their, their rapid progress down to? I think, I think the competition, the, the friendly sort of rivalness between um, when we do battles or beat the chef, there is a, you know, we're all friends and we don't, we don't really care who wins a battle except in that moment when we absolutely do care because we've designed a dish and we absolutely want to beat the other person and it is that competitive rivalry in the same way that you know you're playing monopoly with your family at christmas and it will get heated um and you absolutely want to win and you get really annoyed when you when you start to lose that doesn't mean you hate your family um the, you know the, the, the love and the friendship still there i think the rivalry is, pushes boundaries and encourages them to to try things that perhaps push an idea a little bit further than you'd necessarily thought or would be normal or average. And I think that helps. But as does all the travel that we're very fortunate enough to do and experiencing food and reading all the comments, all the places that we haven't travelled to, I can guarantee you we've had comments from people who live there, who know the cuisine better than we ever could if we spent a week there just trying it. The great thing about Sorted is this community where everybody collectively will always have an answer um, and knows a lot more than we ever could. So I think, yeah, they're not really normal anymore. Um, as, as, as fun as it is to, to jest about it, they, uh, they have developed incredibly and they're, they're all real, real in-depth foodies. Um, but, but we're all still learning, um, James and I especially, because we have to challenge ourselves to constantly learn new stuff and, and discover new things in the world of food. And don't forget the world of food is constantly changing. Um, perceptions 10 years ago, we would never have used the V word vegan because it was such a small minority of people um, that it would actually put off everybody else. So we never really did anything that was vegan. Even if the dish was vegan, as so many dishes naturally are, we wouldn't use the V word. And yet now it's something to be celebrated. And that, you know, that's just in less than a decade. Um, times change, food trends change, and we're all able to constantly adapt. And, and I think that's why, as we've sat in the middle of this food conversation that bubbles along, even the normals, or especially the normals, have, have been able to learn so much. Because you, you definitely notice that in the videos, is that even after 10 years, you and James especially have such a a deep love of food but you also have like a, a high level curiosity and do you think it's from sorted that you you seem to have learned more about food than you might have if you just remained as a sort of normal chef have you got to a point where you know because you need to create the content it's it's kind of forces you guys to become more keen to not just find the food and the different topics to talk about but to actually understand it on a level that you can teach us through the videos, you know, does it kind of keep you guys just constantly evolving with the food as it, as, as you find out more about it and pushing yourselves as chefs? Definitely. And, and we, we surround ourselves with so many different um, 
other resources from from books and and and, and visiting and learning from other chefs um, videos and content online yeah flicking through books and all sorts um i think the big difference between what james and i do is and anybody in the sort of food publishing world is you're always coming up with something new um and you try it and you test it and you perfect it and you publish it and then you probably don't go back to it a great deal because you're looking for the next new thing i think that's very different to um chefs working in professional kitchens who perfect a menu and might do that menu day in and day out for for a period of time while it's seasonal and some dishes remain signature dishes for for years completely unchanged and that's a very very different skill to to be able to perfect something and just hone it to the point where you are the best in the world at that particular dish that's a very different skill to to what we do which is as you say a bit of a jack of all trades and constantly immersing ourselves in in more stuff to to find out where the next conversation is going to go so, I mean, you've done videos where you've gone to Japan. You've gone to videos where you've gone to get the best fish and chips. You know, you've done videos where you go around your local place, you go to America, and you ask the you know the community for suggestions where to go. But out of all these sort of places, have there been particular things like highlights for you? Is there things that you've looked and thought, I want to go and investigate this on my own? I mean, I know you've got a lab for sort of like music theatre and things like that, but did you get a chance to sort of expand on these when you go to these different places and, or are you just so sort of wrapped up into, into the, the videos at the time? What's been the highlights of that, of these trips? You know, is there particular meals? Is there um, events? Is there like markets you've gone to? You know, what's the best thing that you've experienced during Sorted? I know it was a lot of waffle that, but... I, I, I get what you mean. I think it's um, it's so difficult. <laughs> Over ten years, we've been so fortunate to do so many amazing things that it's difficult to to pinpoint them. But actually, last year's trip to um, Tokyo uh, was just amazing because we were um, shown around by a local who was obviously helping us with with language um, translations, which meant we got to see a really incredible side of Tokyo that perhaps you wouldn't necessarily see as a tourist. So we got to see some of the hidden gems um, as well as uh, some of the top restaurants. And when you're on a trip like that, from the moment you wake up uh, to the moment you put your head back down on the pillow at the end of a long day, um, you're always experiencing new stuff, especially somewhere that's so culturally different, like, like in Japan. Uh, and it doesn't all make the video. Um, you know, we created three videos out of six days in Tokyo. So there was a whole bunch of stuff that we explored that never made it to video. But that kind of means it's logged and it's in our it's in the back of our minds and we've scribbled notes and we've got footage somewhere of some of it, I'm sure. Um, and one day we'll do another dish that was inspired by something that we saw that never made it to screen. Um, so I think we're always learning and it's not it's not just about going somewhere and capturing the content just for that particular video or that particular project. I think keeping your eyes constantly open, especially in countries in the world where culturally food is so different and just personal travel. I loved um, Delhi in, in India. I loved eating in uh, in Peru whilst trekking you know, along the, the Lares Trek at high altitude, but still eating 
three meals a day cooked for us by Peruvian chefs and watching them do that on the most limited equipment and then waking up to quinoa porridge was amazing. Um, and there's a reason that it appeared in our AM breakfast menu because it's just such a cool concept that if you don't keep your eyes open and your ears to the ground and ask the local recommendations when you travel, you miss out on all that good stuff. Yeah, because it's certainly something in it is that people just go to the touristy bits because that's what they Google and find. But that's the beauty of the sort of community is they give such phenomenal answers. They recommend places and then you go and find stuff and you showcase these amazing businesses, which then people go and visit. And you learn so much about it, but you learn so much about the culture and the people and their way of food. And you've got a way of making making it all very accessible and understandable for everybody, regardless of what kind of level or starting point they've come to for their videos. You know, I mean, a lot of people don't know much about like the the Japanese style of cooking, for example. Um, but when I came away from it, I was I thought I was a sake expert. You know, it's just from understanding of you know I knew of sake, but now after watching your videos and the explanations and infographics, I was like, right, I want to go try some. That's amazing. You've got this great way of kind of encouraging people. I mean, I've, I know we're coming up to five minutes left, and I, I could literally go for another three hours. I, haven't, I hope you're having as much fun as I am. But for people who want to get more into sorted, you know, what would you recommend they do? You know, you've got some amazing cookbooks. You've got the apps. You've got the podcast. You've got the club. You've got, like, the the cooking um, meetups and things like that. But what, what, you know, what should guys check out? How should we start interacting with Sorted to get more and, you know, take part and learn more about food? Um, I, I think I'd say what the first portal call, I'd say probably head to the YouTube channel. Um, so Sorted Food. And, and the good thing is it's nice and easy. So Sorted Food, S-O-R-T-E-D Food across everywhere. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all the same. And I think if you go to the YouTube channel and just have a flick through some of the videos of some of our most watched and or recently uploaded you will see some stuff that hopefully you'll enjoy and, and and get lost in that world of food exploration um and then if if you're in a bit of a rut where you find that food is sometimes a little bit difficult or it's a bit stressful or there's just too many decisions to be making around food each week then um the sorted club is definitely for you so sorted.club and if you head over there the website will explain it all but basically access to four um, tools, so yeah, podcasts that you can stay up to date with latest food trends and topics. Sorted eat app, so you never have to make a, a naff restaurant decision again when you're in a city that you're visiting. Um, we've got the sorted books, so you can get digital access to all the cookbooks we've published in the last couple of years. So I think that's tallying up to seven amazing books that we've created with and for our community. Uh, and finally, the Pax app, which I've mentioned a few times uh, in this podcast. But that's just simplifying midweek cooking. And you get all of that as part of the, the Sorted Club membership. It truly is an amazing deal. and It's something that I never, like, I wouldn't even, you know, I've seen all these, like, fresh food kind of apps and deliveries and things like that. And, you know, we can order food now without having to go outside. In fact, you can order a date, you know, like on Tinder and all those kind of things. And I think we've lost that touch of, you know, working with our hands, knowing where our food comes from, cooking with our food, speaking to people. And it's what it brings, you know, that social aspect of cooking for others, eating with others, going out and learning and eating and having that social experience with each other. 
I mean, I could let really keep going on and on, but something I've often wondered about was, you know, you've got such a f- loving, outgoing personality, you know, you're full of fun, etc. but what actually annoys you? I've never seen you lose your rag on camera. It, do you get annoyed at all? Uh, good question. I don't, no, I sometimes get wound up a little bit by um, people who make their mind up around food without having tried it. Um, but to be honest with you, I also realise that food is so subjective. And I think I'm I'm super open. I'm not sure there's any food I don't particularly enjoy or I don't at least see um, a value in it for, for one reason or other. But I think just keep your eyes open and don't make up your mind until you've tried it. And whether that's somebody cooking for for you and you trying the dish, trying a cuisine you've never you've never given a go before, or or picking up a recipe and and stepping just out of your comfort zone of the same four things that you cook all the time, I think just being willing to give it a go because that's maybe the only thing that would ever wind, wind me up is when someone says, "Oh, cooking's not for me," and all that means is you haven't been given the tools to prove that cooking absolutely is for everyone. Because uh, and the other thing is, is you get people who make it part of their identity. You know, it's like, no, no, I couldn't do that. I'm a vegan. No, no, I couldn't do that. I only eat healthy. You know, it's like everybody's got should have a bit of like guilty pleasure in their life. Everybody should like try different cooking and stuff. But you get those people, don't you, that are very much the. It's almost like a badge of pride that they wear it. It's like a sort of football team, and it's almost like they expect you to give them a certain level of respect or kudos or something because that the the only they're a carnivore diet fan they're a vegan or something like that i mean how how do you think food's going to evolve with the use of sorted you know like youtube jimmy oliver the tv chef etc has made food more food more accessible but how do you think it's going to develop now with people wanting to reduce food wastage knowing where our food comes from the accessibility to other cuisines that we would have never had a chance to. Where do you think food's going to go to in the next 10, 20 years? I think it's probably simplifying. I think you're absolutely right that a lot of people get very passionate and very opinionated around food. I think food is can be very divisive, um, which is a shame, really, because we always encourage a conversation. There's, there's no right or wrong. Everyone's entitled to an opinion. But I do think food's probably going to become even simpler. And I think it's it's back to basics. And you look at some of the trends around, you know, the, the rise of sourdough and the rise of fermented foods and pickled ingredients and all of those things and, and, and craft beer coming back. Like those are incredible foods that have existed for centuries, you know, thousands of years. And, and they're coming back around as being the, the way forward. And even the, the, the new restaurants, they're kind of stripped back. They're a bit more... Um, bare and basic and simple and there's nowhere to hide honest natural true food that's just loved and created with passion i think that's we're going to carry on seeing that trend i think as stripped back food and giving everyone a chance just to to get involved and and to love it yeah it's i really love the way that sorted has that you know you've really expanded but you've also exp- um, people's horizons to food and you've made it more accessible but you've also shown people the like the small you know like the british favorites you do everything every time you focus on something you have a battle at the end and you know the best mac and cheese the best burger 
So you know, you, it's, you're not one of these sort of like MasterChef shows which takes the most ridiculous, over the top, tiny little portions, and you know, it's all about the presentation. Yeah, it's also about the cooking. It's about the story behind it, the blend, the the understanding of the food, and I think that's why it works so well as well. But what would you want? I mean, I could literally go for another three, four hours, but what do you want people to remember about this? Like, you know, apart from coming to see Sorted, what would you want them as a sort of a take-home message about this, about food, about Sorted, about cooking in general? Oh, good question. Um, I, I would say just remember that food is like a gateway and, and cooking is like a gateway and it, it allows you to learn and experience new stuff um it, it keeps you fueled in, and keeps you healthy uh, but it also uh, going back to the friendship of where sorted started and where this podcast started it it is a catalyst for conversation and it is a reason to get together with friends and family which we probably don't do enough of anymore we're stuck on our phones we're stuck on our screens we're streaming stuff on um smart tvs maybe we should just occasionally switch that off um and just get around the table um, with friends or family and eat and cook together because it's really not that difficult, but you can get so much out of it. And I think that's what sort it is. And if, if, if there's one nugget to take away, it would be exactly that. Just make sure the food is accessible, stress-free, and most importantly, enjoyable. And would you recommend to people to start a YouTube channel? You know, have you found that it's because you've been able to create a business and an empire from this, is this something that you'd recommend to other people? You know, do do you think people could do it with their if they're passionate and you know about their own their own interests? Yeah, I mean, I think um, you've been incredibly complimentary to all of the stuff we've done on the channel. I thank you for that. It's it's been a journey. It's it's evolved a lot over the years. It would be a struggle now. It's it would be um, silly of me to say anything other than that. we've been doing it uh, on YouTube. Uh, over 10 years now and when we started nobody else was doing food the way we were doing it um so we were able to sort of ride quite a quite a nice wave and kind of almost create the rules for food on youtube but that said if you've got a passion for something and you love it and you put in the energy um then there are audiences out there and communities of people who want to engage in what you have to say around food so anyone can start it um, I think we were just super lucky that we started it so long ago and we've been able to sort of ride that that trend as food has become cool again. It's um, it's something that people like to label themselves as. Being a foodie is a good thing. Well, you've certainly made it cool again. Um, my second last question is, you know, what's an unusual fact about yourself? You know, we see a lot about you and the guys take the mick out you, et cetera, but you know, that you're a big music theater fan that you love geeking out about stuff. And, you know, you're always so happy to try like the camping and making nettle soup and all that kind of stuff. But is there something about you that the fans don't know that would really surprise people to hear? Or is there something that makes people go, wow, I would never imagine that about you when they hear it. Um, I don't know. Do you know what? Over the years, the beauty of Sorted is it's kind of we've done so much that it's it's pretty much all that. I love the out. I love the outdoors. I'm a real you know, friend, uh, dog doggy kind of person. Um, I do love theatre and, and and musicals and travel and people. And I, but I also and and maybe that's might come as a surprise. I also 
love and, and value personal space and personal time. And I think it's important to find that time just to recharge the batteries and, you know, just grab a book and a quiet space and actually just, it's not all about always being there. Although it's what we talk about on screen and socialising with friends and family, it's also important to find that time just to, to recharge for yourself as well. I think that's, that's super important. And sort of, I know for being the uncle to Barry's child and to being the uncle to Jamie's child, has this made you start thinking about marriage, kids, yourself? It's definitely on the cards, but yeah, it hasn't, hasn't come around yet. I'm married to the job. Uh, it's it's a scary thought. And, uh, it's my, For a while there, me and my brother were each other's plus ones for family weddings. You know, we were both the, the he's just all loved up and I'm sitting there going, great. Now I'm going to get everybody asking yeah. about that. Um, I'll have no, to get you to make my wedding cake, you know, make another video like that. Yeah, yeah. But I, honestly, I am an absolute massive fan of Sorry. I probably have, you know, watched every video over and over again. It really is inspiring to me. And I love the fact that you've got Scott there. I love the fact that you all get on so well and, you know, and you've just, you've made it food fun again. You've made it accessible. Um, but for people listening who now want to jump in and find out more, you know, just mention again that, you know, where can they find out, where can they sign up, where can they speak to you guys on social media, um, come along to the clubs again. I really want to just drive as many people to the site as well because it's sort of, it is amazing and I think you should be super proud of what it is. So it's a perfect time to just throw out the, the handles again. One, one last plug. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, so uh, Sorted Food on YouTube and across all of the social channels. And then if you head to the website, sorted.club, uh, you'll find everything you need there. That's it for another week. Thanks for listening. Absorb it. Practice it. Use it. Until next time, keep trying to hit that next level in your life.